1: get ready get ready strap yourself in keep your hands arms and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain now here's your host chris voss hi folks it's Voss here from the chris show.com the chris welcome to chris voss show my family and friends As always, all of you are not alone. You are part of the Big Chris Voss Show podcast family. Not my family. Don't ask for money, people. Stop it. Uh, But you're part of the Big Chris Voss Show podcast family where we love everyone. We love you. Unless you're deeply evil and you're in the news, then we probably don't. But uh, other than that, we love everyone. You're always welcome and uh, all that good stuff. So remember, even though uh, your mom or dad might look at you kind of funny, uh, the Chris Voss Show loves you even if your uh, mother-in-law doesn't. Uh, so we have an amazing gentleman on the show. We're going to be talking to him today about his amazing insights about fatherhood, life, uh, visions of, of uh, his success and what he does to inspire and motivate other people. But in the quick meantime, uh, guilt and shame time for the plugs. Go to goodreads.com, forward slash Chris Voss, tiktok.com, uh, forward slash Chris Voss 1, and uh, youtube.com, forward slash Chris Voss, and linkedin.com, forward slash Chris Voss. Uh, he is an amazing gentleman and... inspiring we have reverend and doctor ken gordon jr or as some call him pastor ken uh on the show with us today he is called by his members uh as uh pastor ken and he's a pastor business executive husband father and community leader and author i should mention as well he's got several books that you can find on amazon his entire life has been dedicated to the service of others a graduate of the citadel the Military College of South Carolina. He is a highly sought after speaker on leadership, my favorite term, public service, citizens, I'm sorry, civil rights for citizens, of course, uh, youth mentoring and community engagement. I'm just ad-libbing your uh, bio here, uh, Pastor. I'm just adding stuff. So uh, someone have a sister write it down and add it to him later. Like anything <laughs> I say is important. Uh, in 2016, Pastor Ken and his wife Leslie founded the House of Light Church in. Burlington, North uh, New Jersey, uh, which is kind of in the north, uh, where they established a divorce and outreach ministry. Uh, after much prayer, God led Pastor Ken to develop the Dads of Faith ministry. The couple now living in Birmingham, Alabama, are continuing God's work for couples, divorcees, youth, and those who have hearts. hurts. Their church, the House of Light Church, uh, otherwise known as H-O-L-A, is HOLA. Uh, is focused on showing love, serving others, and letting their light shine through their good works. Welcome to the show, uh, Ken. How are you? Hey, Chris. I'm doing great. What about you? I am doing awesome. And just love to the ad libs. There you go. And <laughs> yeah, we have some fun with people on the on the things. Um, and and just to make sure, we decide on the show we're going to refer to you as Ken. I don't. I want to make sure people don't think I'm being disrespectful to your title.
0: No, no, no. Call me Ken. That's what my mother named me.
1: There you go. And does she call you Kenneth when she's angry or Ken?
0: Uh, she calls me Ken Jr. when she's angry. oh
1: It's always good to know when mom's tone <laughs> that's turns right. That's right. So, uh, Ken, please give us your dot-coms. Where can people find you on the interwebs and get to know you better?
0: Yeah, dadsoffaith.com is the primary place to find me with my books. And, and as an author, uh, if you're looking for my church, it's .org. But the primary place to find me uh, with the books and as an author is uh, dadsoffaith.com.
1: There you go. And you've written several books. Divorce Pacil Dad, The Love of a Father, Pancake Dad, Bad Dogs, and Ice Cream Dad. Uh we mentioned before the show. Now I'm really now I'm doubly hungry. I want ice cream and pancakes. I'm thinking <laughs> about how go. to combine those. I don't think I've ever combined those two. Have you ever combined ice cream with pancakes? You know, use the no, ice cream as a but, but, you know,
0: but you know, the International House of Pancakes, they
1: do it. All right, you I'm and I are going over better. there after this. <laughs> you and I after the show, we'll go right over. That's a little hard uh,
0: for them, so they need to support your show now.
1: I know. I want. I want to check on that next spec one. Call the attorneys. <laughs> there, you uh, go, there you go. That just gives me a good idea. So, welcome to the show. Congratulations <laughs> on the book. The work you've done in your life. Uh, give us a thirty thousand overview of, in your words, of who you are and 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 uh, what you're about and what you do.
0: Yeah, I. You know, at at the very at the very heart of who I am, uh, I'm a dad. Um, a dad who has failed more than I've succeeded, uh, a dad who has gotten it wrong more than I've gotten it right. Um, you know, a lot of people cycle. you know, well, you, you wrote a book, so you must be an expert. No, I wrote a book because I kept failing and I wanted to chronicle my failure so that other men didn't have to keep doing it. Uh, but I care enough to keep trying. And, and that's really at the at, at the core of who I am.
1: There you go. And, and sometimes the teachers are the biggest students. You know, Absolutely. We learn we learned so much. Like I read, I, when I was writing my book, I was like, wow, uh, this, uh, I could learn a few things here about there you <laughs> all go. the other people that do. Uh, so it was pretty discovery. So tell us about your hero's journey. Where, how did you get through uh, in the life? What was uh, like being raised? What made you want to become a preacher uh, and get in the line of work that you were in?
0: Yeah, so uh, you know, my 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 upbringing was really in church. Um, both my parents were uh, very very uh, religious. I know it's a bad thing nowadays to say you know that you know. Well, I'm not religious. I'm spiritual. Well, my parents were religious, mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, so we were in church a lot. Uh, I come from a long line of of, uh, of preachers and ministers uh, on my mother's side. My grandma, my grandfather, my uncles uh, on my dad's side, you know, my dad himself, my mom as well. Uh, And so I just kind of grew up seeing that. And and it was kind of, you know, told to me, oh, you're going to be a a preacher, a minister one day. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think so, Um, because I'm just not that person who believes that everybody is is going to hell. I'm not that person who wants to judge everyone and wants to look down my nose at everyone. And, And that just wasn't my thing. And so, you know, when I when I became of age and I went out on my own, um, I didn't really want anything to do with the church because I was just so tired of the tradition, the judgment, the the performances. Uh, I was just sick of it. <clears throat> and, I, you know, and I found this thing called grace um, and this thing called grace says, you know what, in spite of who you are, in spite of what you've done, God still loves you and he loves you for who you are because he made you. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, he doesn't make any mistakes. So whatever weaknesses I have, whatever issues I have or problems I have, uh, God knows those intimately because he created those and he knows them uh, and he put them in my life so that I could figure out how to depend more on him. Um, And so that that, that's what really informed my journey is a journey that's informed by grace, a journey Mm -hmm. that's informed by learning to love myself first um, and through that, I can love others, and that that really is kind of how I, I came along. And I had I had a great father. I'm not a statistic. I'm I'm an African American man that was not raised in a household without a dad. I was raised in a household with a dad and with a very engaged dad. Um, and that kind of he modeled to me what what you know good fatherhood really looks like, and he made me want to be a great father.
1: There you go. So I imagine somewhere in there, you start a family. At one point, you you had your church. What made you switch the flip the switch to uh setting up a church that uh, seemed to be a little more focused on the dads of faith ministry?
0: So, you know, I, I before I was a preacher, before I was a uh uh before I was a um, you know, a pastor, I was a I was a father, I was a dad. <clears throat> and um, you know, as I kind of you know, as I kind of walked that road, that very, very difficult road, I, I might add, of being a dad, and, and many of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um it's a hard way it's a hard road and and people mm-hmm. always say, Oh, there's no book, there's no manual, and there's really not and <laughs> you know, and you're being judged, we're being judged by our children um and then in a lot of cases, even worse, we're being judged by their children's mother um mm-hmm. trying to tell us what it means to be a man you know and and I have this saying, Chris, that I believe that uh, it takes it takes a man to raise a boy into a man. I truly believe that. Yes, yeah. But I also believe that it takes a woman to, to teach him the kind of man he needs to be. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, so as I was kind of as I was coming along and really kind of trying to understand the kind of man, the kind of father that I wanted to be, um, you know, my children came along. Uh, I, I suffered through a divorce. And as I was going through my divorce, I was trying to figure out, you know, I'm a preacher. I'm not supposed to be here. I'm, um, You know, it, it's, you know, everybody tells you it's wrong to get a divorce. It's terrible. And, you know, you're going to hell. It's a horrible thing. Uh, but OK, I'm here now. So how do I get out of this? How do I do this in a way that honors God and then honors my kids? And so I started looking for books to read because I I'd I love to read. And I started looking for books to read. And I could find books by psychologists and psychiatrists, uh, but they were not people of faith. You know, they certainly didn't didn't, you know, espouse it. Um, i could find books by these mega church pastors you know who write you know 10 million books a year um but they haven't been through divorce so how did they say to me a man going through divorce who's you know happens to be a pastor how did they tell me when i'm at that moment where i literally hate her and i literally don't want anything to do with her and i, I hate the fact that we had children children together and, and all these other negative emotions how do you tell me how to come out of that when you've never been there And so, uh, you know, in that moment, I had a very close friend of mine who said, Ken, if you can't find it, write it. And I'm like, I don't I don't have time for that. And, you know, and people make time for what's important to them. And so I began to write it down. It became so cathartic for me um, as I began to kind of, you know, write into the pages who I was and how I felt and what mistakes I made and what I do differently and what I would do better, uh, and it just became cathartic. And that my very first book, Divorce But Still Dad," that's where that came from. While I was on that journey trying to figure out how to how to do it the right way,
1: in the midst go.
0: of that, Chris, I I figured out that I'm, I'm like sitting there writing one day and I'm writing about my kids and I'm like, wait a minute. God, I love my kids. I mean, I love my kids. And I don't know any men in my life that I know who don't absolutely love their children. What they don't want is they don't, or what they have is they don't like the children's mother. They mm-hmm. don't, they don't um, love her anymore. They don't want anything to do with her, but they have not figured out how to separate the two. And so in the midst of that, I wrote my second book, which was uh, Love of a Father, uh, because I, I just, Uh, People have been tricked and fooled into believing that men don't love our children. The problem is for a lot of us, we haven't figured out how to separate the love of our children from the hatred uh, hatred or dislike of our ex. (laughs) Definitely. That's the bottom line.
1: Definitely. Especially in a divorce situation because divorce is, is just so hard. Um. You know, we want to talk today about the power of an engaged dad, uh, and what a difference that makes in the life of children. One of the things that I've uh, I, I believe in is, as you mentioned before, you know, we're biologically built to have a masculine, feminine frame, or a man and a woman in the home or a fi- let me put it differently uh, yeah, because we you know we have people that can play different roles but there is always a masculine and feminine and there are things that we learn from the masculine and feminine roles in a relationship how those two roles work together how they make a uh, average or successful relationship work i don't know if there's any successful relationships really um <laughs> we just did i think success is the, the measurement of success is we didn't murder each other for 20 years <laughs> um but you know what i mean it it, it shapes them the the the, the I, I've been dating for 55 years mm-hmm. and i've 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 seen all of the fallout in fact i've seen i'm like a i'm like this weird dipstick where i've seen the whole curvature of culture over the past 30 to 40 60 years uh i've seen uh the effect that sex in the city had on culture i've seen the effects of of, you know what we're in now where we're in this hot girl summer stuff that's very weird on tiktok and i've seen what not being raised without a, a good mother or a good father or both uh, can do, and I'm now now at the point of my life. I'm seeing the end of life. I'm seeing what it looks like: the ugliness, the loneliness of people, the destruction of their lives because dad didn't hug him enough as a kid, or maybe mom didn't hug him enough as a kid. Yep. So, w- what's your thoughts on that? Do I am I uh, far off base, or am I close?
0: No, I I, I think you're absolutely close. I, I do have to just say this to you that uh, the banging on the desk thing, I, I can't oh. help it. I'm a preacher. I, <laughs> I, you know, I was banging. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna keep my hands up here now. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But, uh, uh, but you, you are spot on because there is absolutely a a a very noticeable difference in people who were raised in a one- parent household. You know r- regardless of what the what the, the dynamics are, if there are two people in the household and they both assume the roles of you know of a mother and of a father or of a masculine and a feminine, whatever way you want to say it, um, then, then so be it. But when you have a household where, where there's only one, and what's even more dangerous is if that one thinks, That they have the capacity to fulfill both roles, that is really dangerous. Oh, I am, you know, I'm a single mom, but I'm also the dad too. No, you're not. Oh, I'm a single mom, but you know, my kids give me a a a card on Father's Day because I'm the father. No, you're not. And and so there there's a difference, right? There's absolutely uh, a void. There there's absolutely a difference. Um, You know, I'm not I'm not going to try to play to the audience by by talking about a void when the mom's not there, because the truth of the matter is the majority of the time, that's not the problem. The -hmm. majority of the time, the mom is right there. The majority Mm -hmm. of the time, it's the dad being there. But what's even more, I think, insidious and what I really focus on is in the cases where the dad is there, he's present but he's not engaged. So yeah, Chris, to your point, there's absolutely a difference and 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 you can see it. It's noticeable. I can have a conversation with some someone for a brief time and I can tell you if they grew up with the father and I can also tell you the kind of father they grew up with, whether he was uh, engaged or whether he was just present.
1: Yeah. And, and, and also true, we're going to focus on the father today, but also true uh, mothers. Uh, I, 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 I see what it's like in a man who has had mother abandonment. I mm-hmm. see the relationships that he'll choose and the women that he'll choose. I've seen I've seen these sons of single mothers who Absolutely. see a mother who struggles and and is he's constantly helping her. He's having to wear the pants of the family, be the be the yes. you know the protector of the home, and then he goes out and he dates and wives up and get some relationships with fix fixer projects he sees his mother struggling so he thinks this is what you're supposed to do as a man find broken women and fix them which is uh you know that there's a whole different quandary You end up that way um so how do we become how do you define engaged father and how how do we get down that road if we're a father
0: yeah, great question. You know, as I really began to think about what can I contribute, what can I say that's not already being said, how can I contribute? Too many times people jump in and they add to the uh, to the narrative something that everybody's been saying. But one of the things that I really found is that I'm looking at all of these reports and these statistics that are talking about, you know, the dads, you know, these, these people have dads in the home or or, you know, X number of, 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 of people don't have dads in the house and all of that. And it just began to resonate with me. You know what? It doesn't matter if they're in the house because a lot of men are in the house. But the whole time they're there, they're in front of the television with wow. their remote control. They have their cell phone that they're texting and they're on TikTok and they're uh, on TikTok and they're on, you know, whatever social media or They're on their Game Boy, or they're playing their Nintendo, or whatever that the thing is nowadays. Uh, You know, you know, um, um, you know. I don't know. You know, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, Call of Duty, exactly. You know, they're doing that, and and that's what they're doing. So yeah, they're present in the household, but they're not engaged. What an engaged daddy is, I submit. Is someone who puts down the phone, puts down the remote, puts down the the uh, you know the the what do you call the little joystick thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, they <laughs> they put that mm-hmm. down, and they turn their focus to their children, and they get to know their children. They get to know who are your friends. They get to know what you like, what you don't like, what kind of music do you like, what's your favorite pancake, what's your favorite ice cream, or whatever it mm-hmm. is. An engaged dad is as a, as a dad who knows his children and not a dad who knows he has children.
1: There you go. And there's so much that fathers and mothers are doing in today's work. I mean, sometimes when you want to come home, you kind of want to tune out a little bit. I mean, in fact, men are notorious for we need to kind of sometimes downshift and and uh, decompress for a bit. How do, how do we balance that, you know, uh, when you come home and and maybe have that little sort of uh, shifting over, if you will, um, to to you know being disengaging from work and yeah. and kind of having some clear space to think and not choke everyone to death when you meet them. That's usually how I'm when I come in from the traffic of work. Uh, and but and then still move to what you've talked about.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I I think I think it's a couple of things. I think first of all, you're absolutely right. I think there has to be a transition. There has to be a time <clears throat> when you come in and you transition from high-powered executive like you think you are. <laughs> over to uh, high powered super you know superhero dad um, but but here's the thing: you don't get to choose that you can do that for the whole night. you mm-hmm. don't get to choose that it's going to take you. you need an hour, leave me alone. You've got to figure out, you know, none of us live in the world by ourselves, right? Um, and we have to figure out what works not just for us, but for the community in which we live, it will be a wonderful thing if we got to just behave based on, on it being our world and our world only. Um, you know, we don't get to be, you know, the, the person who, who is the only one living in the world. And so I, I say that because, you know, maybe if you have children, maybe you need, you need to to use your drive home as your transition period. Oh, um, there's you know, maybe, idea. maybe you need to, maybe you need to park, maybe your drive home is only five minutes So, all right, park in your driveway or up the street if you need to and take five minutes to just decompress. But here's the thing. You don't get to tell your children when you come in and they want to and they're they're so happy to see their dad. You don't get to say to them, leave me alone. I need to decompress. <laughs>
1: there you go.
0: I, I mean, these are your children. This is your legacy. And I think a lot of men forget that this is your legacy. You will not live forever. But what you what you pour into your children, what you sow into your children. Oh, it does because mm-hmm. it, li- it it lives in the next generation. And then it gives them the seeds that they're going to plant into their children in the next generation and so on and so on and so on. And and so I would say a very selfish way of looking at it, which is what we as men have got to get out of, is leave me alone. I need a minute. Well, if you need a minute, then drive around the block before you come home come into the house. Come in ready to be a dad to your children because they need you when you come in the door, not when you get good and ready for them.
1: There You go well in the old days, everyone just go into the bar and got shit faced and then showed up. <laughs> uh, that's still
0: you said favorite. the old days.
1: Well, I, I don't know. Are they still going to the bars? I don't know. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they are. Well, they don't really have bars anymore, it seems. They have like clubs, but maybe you know, they're. But
0: they have these great little neighborhood bars that you see when you go to these cities that are just great little decompressed places. So, huh?
1: And, and maybe not I've coming heard. home. Not that I we know. don't want to advocate for coming I, I home drunk heard. either, by the way. So, there's that. <laughs> There's that, right. um, you know, it, and, and that, that's definitely some tools that people can use to take and do that because I know when I come home, I want to decompress and I don't want anyone near me, but I'm lucky enough that I have two dogs and, uh, you know, I'm not being overwhelmed with whatever the thing was, um, you know, uh, in my day and age with my mom, you know, it was, it was debriefing my dad on all the horrible things we'd done through the day cause we right. did them. Right. And uh, and then you know the instructions on uh, which which way to beat us uh, senseless, <laughs> which we probably deserved. Um, but there's that. My mom's gonna hate me for saying that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was what it was. We weren't the greatest of kids, yeah. and yeah. We, you know, we, kids need some discipline every now and then, and a bit of a butt kicking. Sure. Um, you know, how how does this translate in divorce? Because you you you've talked about divorce and and how this goes through. Divorce is really hard for a lot of people. I've seen the back end of it with your dating people that have come out of divorce. And, uh, you know, uh, newsflash, they're not always happy about the whole thing. Yep. (laughs) And and how do you learn to get along with, how do you learn to be engaged if you're a divorce father and maybe you don't have visitation rights except on weekends or something?
0: Yeah, and, and and I'll tell you this. I mean, it's 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 difficult, and and I certainly don't have the answer for everyone out there. Um, but I but I truly believe that. So 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 there are some things that I believe fundamentally happen that a lot of us overlooked. <clears throat> for a lot of women, a lot of women, in my opinion, and you know, and this is just Ken Gordon's one opinion. You know, take that in the in fifty cents, and you might be able to get a cup of coffee somewhere. Um, but I believe for a lot of men and for a lot of women, the reason why women respond the way they do is a reaction, not an action. If you don't have visitation rights, then in many cases, it is because you have treated the mother of your children so terrible until she is looking at how she can get back at you. Mm -hmm. And this is how she does it through your children. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when I went through my divorce, In the very beginning of the divorce, I went and got a high powered attorney that specialized in protecting men that had things that they wanted to protect. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, and and men who wanted to win in a a divorce. And that's who I hired. But as I got into it, it got so nasty and so ugly so quickly I was just kind of like, is this really what my, what, 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 you know, what my children want? I mean, I'm, I'm going to, I'm prepared to rip their mother, you know, apart. I'm prepared to say all these horrible, terrible things and to paint her in a way that makes her look terrible. But then I I started thinking about it. Wait a minute. My children are 50% me and 50% her. And while I may not necessarily like her anymore, half of who she is is who my children are. So, if I tear her apart, I'm actually tearing away at their own self esteem and that their own identity. So, wait a minute, let me rethink this. So, I took a step back and I'm like, wait a minute. Okay, now I am going around my house putting sticky notes on all the things. And I'm like, you're not getting this. You're not getting my, my, my big green egg. You're not getting my artwork. You're not getting. And all the while, the most important thing for me is my children. And they're watching all of this. And it's ripping them apart on the inside, right? And and so I truly believe, so what I did was I sat down with their mother. I said, listen, I know know that we're not happy about what's going on. I know you're not happy about this whole situation. But here's the thing. We can either spend our money on attorneys and spend our money on therapists, or we can figure out how to be civil to one another. We can figure out how to share and co-parent And by doing that, you're not we're not going to get back together. And, and, you know, and you're going to have to deal with that. But at least we're keeping our children at the center of what we're thinking about. And I was fortunate because when I did that, she said, "Okay." now this is the same woman who, when we very first got started, told all of our friends when she was done with me, I was going to be penniless living in my mother's garage. Yeah. But because I sat down and said, listen, I know that part of what this is, is you're afraid that I'm going to try to break you. You're afraid that I'm going to take all the money and leave you with nothing. You're afraid that I'm going to leave you, you know, living in a, in a, you know, in squalor, if you will. Um, but no, I have an obligation not only to my children, but I also have an obligation to you as well. And I think if a lot of men would take that attitude, I think that a lot of women would not do you know, what we, what we think is unthinkable and that separate us from our children. Does that work in every case? No. Yeah. In some cases, the damage is too deep and is, it's too far gone. And in those particular cases, and it's a case by case basis, you know, you have to figure out how you can get through. But at the end of the day, Chris, I truly believe that a lot of women are reasonable and what their greatest concern is, is how are you going to treat them how are you, are you going to lean into your responsibility as a father and make sure that the child support is there on time every month? Are mm-hmm. you going to lean into your responsibility and, and co-parent? Are you going to lean into your responsibility and understand that whether you're paying child support or not, there are still a lot of things that child support won't cover that you need to own up to and lean into and be and be a real dad?
1: There you go. And you're you're totally right. I've been on the receiving end of dating women who have children, and I've seen what both a toxic ex-husband or a toxic ex-wife can do, and I've seen the damage it does to the kids, where I've had to sit down with kids and go look, your mother and dad love you very much, and yeah. this is kind of the going, and they're not behaving well. They still love you. It's okay. I've had to take fathers aside and yeah. go, look, I'm not trying to replace you. You are still yeah. their birth father. Nothing yeah. can take that from you. We are not competing. I am not right. trying to say I'm better than you in any way. I, it, the last thing I want to do is try and replace you in any way, shape, or form, because I've seen your kids, and they're poorly rated. No, I'm just kidding. Um <laughs> <laughs> you know i always love when the, i always love when uh, little kids would always say to me you're not my dad i'm like you're damn right I yeah exactly <laughs> get the hell out of you for trust mine. me you can tell <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey can, can i say the w- w- one real quick thing because you on know, sure. something that i want to i want to talk about please in the book the divorce but still dad one of the things that i did is i asked my daughter who at the time was 12 if she would write a chapter in the book two fathers letting them know how children feel when divorce comes to their door when she wrote it, and I read it, I, I promised myself I would not try to do any editing on it at all. But when she, when I read it, I, I literally cried because she was so honest and so forthright. There are a lot of men out there who really need to understand where their children's heads are and how they're feeling and get out of this. Um, you know, this martyr syndrome where you want everybody to feel sorry for you and get out of this thing where you're so concerned about you know protecting what you have, and you need to really think about how this impacts your children
1: yeah it's it's really easy to get whipped up in the emotional of it, and the attorneys you know the divorce attorneys aren't much better too, and they make their money off of the long game. I'm not they saying. Do. I'm not saying divorce attorneys are bad or bad people, but you know, I mean, many of them have what they call nuclear options, accusing the father of things he didn't do. Yep. You know, it, it becomes a winner-take-all sort of mentality, and let's destroy the other person. And like you met, like you said, that 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 person is still your thing. The you know, the importance of fathers is so are so runs so deep, and biologically, we are designed. I don't care what anybody wants to say with some sort of social construct or culture or some bullshit that someone fed you. We are biologically designed to have a masculine and feminine train us and teach us. And the feminine teaches us emotion, empathy, uh, and, and softness and, 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 and things of that nature and masculinity teaches us logic, reason, accountability, courage. You know, my courage, mm-hmm. all those different traits. My, my father, I have heard it said a synopsis. Uh, so keep in mind, it's a, it's a, it's not all encompassing, but a synopsis of, you know, mothers, mothers teach, uh, love and fathers teach how to live life. Because your father teaches you, and you know, your mom will, you know, anything goes wrong, your mom will hold you. She'll, uh-huh. she'll assure you. She'll, 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 she'll care about you for everything. Oh, those bad people. Your father will give you kind of ass kicking lessons about life because he's trying to prepare you for life. Life That's isn't exactly fair, right. son. That's yeah. Exactly right. You know what? There's some discipline here because if you don't get this right, you're going to go in life and they're going to really kick your ass unless you listen to your old man. Yeah. Um, So any thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, I completely agree with that. And and it goes back to this whole thing in my book, Love of a Father. You know, when I wrote the book, people immediately start trying to go, well, are you saying that a father loves more than a mother? No, I'm not saying that. Here's Mm -hmm. what I'm saying. I'm saying that a mother does not love their children more than a father. A father does not love his children more than a mother. They love them differently. And they love them differently for for good reasons because each of them has a role in the development of that child. And absent that person's engagement, there is a noticeable gap in the way that they will function in their adult life. And -hmm. there's no doubt about the fact that fathers teach their kids how to handle tough times. They teach them how to, you know, how to how to survive, how to be independent how to get up with that, with that broken arm and still walk in the house instead of laying in the middle of the street screaming. Uh, (laughs) you know I mean? So there are a lot of very valuable lessons that a father teaches that I I can tell you right now, I can meet a a man in my Mm -hmm. life and I can tell you immediately if he had a dad in his.
1: There you go. And I, I daughters, uh, daughters with fathers as well. The, uh, you know, I, I, I've, uh, there was somebody on the show a few weeks ago or a month ago, two ago, and she was talking about the bad choices and men that she made. Did she date me? Probably. Um, but she was talking about the bad choices of men she made coming right out of the gate and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, uh, and, and I said to her, I said, you didn't have a father in the house and you grew up. She goes, how'd you know? I'm like, cause you were, he didn't set the standard for you. As to what kind of man you should seek out. He wasn't guiding you. He wasn't he wasn't being an example mm-hmm. of the sort of man that you should seek. So what you were looking for was a father figure of yep. any man and attention and and all that sort of other stuff. You know, there's there's and, and people are like, Well, this is cultural, and man, yeah, this is your opinion, blah 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 blah. But a father not in the home is there's statistics and data that back this up. I'll a run some down if you don't mind. Um and these are from the USDHS, HSS, which is, the I think, the Department of Human and Health, uh, Health and Human Services, Services. Yeah. and the Bureau of Census. 90% of all homeless and runaway children are from fatherless homes. 85% yep. of all ch- children that exhibit behavioral disorders come from fatherless homes. 85% of you sitting in prisons. Our prisons are filled with fatherless children. Yep. Uh, 80% of rapists, I have to say that on YouTube, motivated with, Displaced anger come from fatherless homes. Seventy-five percent of adolescent patients in chemical abuse, fatherless homes. Seventy-one percent of high school dropouts, fatherless homes. Teenage pregnancies, seventy-one percent, fatherless homes. Seventy uh, percent of juveniles. These are and, and you suicide. These these are stats because not having a father. In your life, giving you those lessons of life and and teaching you boundaries and and, and teaching you how to be a, a man, or if you're a woman, what to seek in a man, uh, make an incredible amount of difference, as you can see from the stats.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and you know, and and I, I love those statistics because they're real. You know, people go, "Oh, you can make numbers mean anything you want," and yeah, you certainly can. But when the, when the when the data is overwhelming like that, but but you know, the, there was a comedian, and his name is Simbad. Mm -hmm. And I I was listening to his stand up one time and he said something that has just resonated and stuck with me. He said that the reason why you have a lot of these people out in the world that don't care about getting arrested, that don't care about going to jail, that don't care about police, that don't care about any of that is because they grew up in a home without a father. He said, because your father is the person who teaches you fear and your father teaches you to be afraid (laughs) of an an authority (laughs) figure. And he said, it was the fear that my father put in me that made me recognize the value of being afraid of of an authority figure. And and I thought about that. I'm like, wow, that is so right. Because, you know, I mean, my dad, you know, my dad is 78, I think it is. Um, And my dad, my whole life, I was afraid of that man. I mean, you know, in my mind, he was he was he was huge. He was a big guy. And I was, I was, I tell people all the time, I was afraid of my dad till I was like 67, 68 years old. (laughs) And I'm not in my 60s yet. There you go. Oh, I get it. Yeah, there you go. There's something to the fact that when you have a dad in the house and your dad teaches you healthy fear and that respect that comes along with it. I think there's something to be said, and I think there's a lot of, of, of young men and women out in the world right now who don't fear anybody or anything because they didn't have a dad in their house that scared them to death.
1: Yeah. He teaches accountability, self-actualization, yep. hard work. You know, my dad taught us hard work. You know, my, my mom was loving and kind, and she'd be like, no, you don't have to do that here. I have some ice cream. My dad was like, get your ass out and do the lawn. Exactly. And, exactly. and, and I really, you know, I hated at the time, I didn't like it. Uh, I didn't like mowing lawns and doing yard work and doing chores and stuff. But he taught me how necessary they were and, and taught me skills-based stuff that I needed to do. Hey, um, hey,
0: Chris, but 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 didn't he do this too? Didn't he go, and after you get done cutting that lawn, you have plenty of energy. You're young. Go find five other lawns to cut and charge them $10, $10 to do it.
1: And I did that. Yeah, actually. Yeah. You yeah. know, And
0: that's what a dad does, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. He, in fact, he helped me start my first company technically by going and he was do what are, that company you learned that I used to have when I was a kid go do that. Yeah. Um, how does, one of the things we, uh, been kind of leading in here a little bit here is how do we know, uh, what manhood's about? What are the characteristics of a good man in manhood and masculinity?
0: Yeah. And, and let me just say, this is such a subjective question for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, And and so when I wrote Divorce But Still Dad, one of the things that I looked at is I was like, "Okay, wait a minute. You can't talk about divorce without talking about how you got there. So you got to talk about marriage. You can't Mm -hmm. talk about marriage without talking about how you get to marriage. And that is your selection process. So I talk Mm -hmm. about that in the book. But then I say you can't talk about that unless you talk about what what being a man is really about. And so I chose and this is just me. I chose to look into the scriptures, the word of God, to define what manhood was. And what I pulled out of that was what I call a protector, provider, and a priest. So for me, my definition when I'm talking to people um, about what is manhood, manhood is learning to be a protector, provider, and a priest. Mm -hmm. And fatherhood is, is being a protector, provider, and a priest. What does that mean? Well, a protector is not just protecting your family from what's outside. A lot of times we have to protect our families from ourselves. We have to protect oh. our families from when we get home and we need that transition time and, and we're and we're salty. You Back know, to the bar. exactly. You know, we have to protect from that. Right. We have to protect our family, sometimes from ourselves. A lot mm. of times for men, we can be very curt in the things that we say. We can say things without a real awareness of how they hurt and how they cut. And so sometimes being a protector means protecting your children from your mouth and and Mm -hmm. from the things that you would say to them. Uh, Then we talk about being a provider. Okay, yeah, great. Go home, go and bring home the bacon. I get all of that. Hand it to your wife and tell her to fry it up in a pan. You know, you ought to fry it up in a pan yourself, but whatever. But I tell people it's more than that. Being a provider is being a provider of love, being a Mm -hmm. provider of validation. Um, You know, being a a provider to your children of helping them see, you know, what what uh, empathy looks like in the male version. You get it in the female version all the time, but they need to know what love looks like in the male version. They need to know what 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 validation looks like in the male version. And we as men, a lot of times we focus so much on wanting our families to have all these great things, a big house and nice car, uh, country club memberships, you know, three or four trips a year uh, for vacation. But we fail in being a real provider for the emotional needs that they have. And that is one of the things I say, you know, as a man, a man learns how to protect, even if it's from him, a man learns how to provide the, the soft things. They, they learn to provide love. They learned, you know, when I was growing up, I had a dad who, who hugged me. I had a dad who would kiss me. I had a dad who would say to me, you know, I love you, you know, and, you know, you can do it and I'm proud of you. You know, I'm proud of you. Those words are something that a lot of men never utter. But mm-hmm. as a provider, you have to. And then the final thing is a priest. Now, here's how I look at the whole issue of a priest. Everybody has different religious, you know, philosophies and theologies and everything. But the one thing that I believe with the, to the very core of who I am is regardless of who you call your deity, regardless of who you call your God, the fact of the matter is we all need one. And we need one because having a power greater than you gives hope. And that hope is something that matters. When people grow up without hope, I'll never forget I was doing mentoring in in Chicago on the South Side of Chicago, and I'll never I'll never forget talking to this young man who just said to me, I don't care what happens to me tomorrow. I'm going to be dead anyway in two or 3 years. When you don't have hope, then you've been robbed of the very essence of who you are and what makes you want to go. And yeah. so we, as as fathers, we can't be the biggest thing in, in our children's lives. We have to point them to something even bigger than us and something to aspire to. And so I believe by being a priest that you take your family and you teach them the value of a relationship with a higher power. And when I say a higher power, I'm not talking about their mother. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm actually talking about a real higher power that helps. So the me.
1: mother-in-law is here, for <laughs>
0: That's that helps engender term. hope. And I think those are those are the things that really make a, a father. I think inside of, you know, one of the things I said to my kids and my son in particular for years is, you know, you, you're a man when you learn to own responsibility. Uh-huh. You're a man when you learn to be independent and not make excuses. But I think you can find those things inside of being a protector, provider, and a priest.
1: There you go. Uh, let me ask you this. When you say be a priest, uh, is that Uh, be a leader could also be interpreted as be a leader.
0: Yeah. As as long as, as long as you are leading them to something, a recognition of a higher power that provides hope, then absolutely Mm -hmm. just being a leader by, by, by itself. I don't think it accomplishes what I'm talking about for being a priest. And when I say be a priest, I'm not saying you need to go to, you know, to seminary. I'm not saying you need to go and be a preacher. I'm saying you need to guide your family, lead your family, the recognition and understanding of a higher uh, of a higher power because here's another reason why because you need to teach your children humility Mm -hmm. humility is a value that will take them so far in life and when when you have people who never teach their children the value of humility the value of understanding that that you don't have all the answers of understanding that your way is not the only way I I think that that really matters. So, I think the whole issue of being a priest for me is helping them understand humility and helping them understand that there's something greater than them and giving them purpose, helping them Uh, understand there's a reason they're here and there's something they're meant to do and kind of what is your why and what is your dash.
1: There you go purpose is so important especially for men to find in their life yeah uh, you know women women can be mothers they can give birth to children and and they're designed to be more familial uh men need a purpose and they need to uh, find what that purpose is in life whether it's to be a great father or be a great kids but they need to they need to have their journey as to what they do um yeah and that's why we're built differently I mean I think the biggest problem we have in our society right now is we think that Either sex can do the do do what the other sex does, or even let it reframe it to masculinity and femininity. You know, I've studied masculinity mm-hmm. and femininity a lot, and they're they're designed to be a puzzle piece that matches together. And there are certain attributes, like we've talked about on the show, that each of them do. Uh, there's, and uh, without the masculine and feminine, you, it, it's, it's inherent in most relationships. There is always going to be the feminine. There's always going to be the masculine. There's yep. always going to be um, that power dynamic inside of a relationship. And we need to respect that both those dynamics are what make a human being or help build a, a, a good human being. And without one, there's this lack. And, uh and, and like I said, I've, I've lived a long enough life to, to see the fallout from it you know i i've 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 met uh, people who've who seek attention from men consistently because their fathers didn't hug enough or spend enough time or or weren't in the home and a woman will go forth and seek attention from all men to try and fill that void of not Mm -hmm. having a father absolutely and the choices they make the children they bring in this world uh, the relationships, marriage, you know, between men and women I mean, just bad choices. So I'm glad you put this out there. I'm glad we had this uh, brilliant discussion. Final thoughts before we go out.
0: Yeah. You know, I i think for me, one of the things that I learned in, in my life of, of being a great father or trying to be a great father, and and by the way, I, I don't think I am. I don't think I'm a very good father at all. I, I think I'm a guy who's just failing forward and trying to be better every single day. Um, You know, if you you ask my daughter right now, who's not speaking to me, then I'm Uh a terrible dad. (laughs) If you ask my son right now who, you know, I just showered his son with a bunch of gifts. I'm a great dad. So, (laughs) uh, you know, don't look at at me and my relationship with my children uh, like I'm the definitive, you know, uh, know, expert on this. Being a dad is a is a day to day, every single day kind of of a of a of a. I, I don't want to call it a job, but it, but it's it's a responsibility. Um, and some days you get it right and some days you don't. And the thing that I value so much is, you know, I was fortunate enough to marry a beautiful woman. Um, and we've been married now, you know, a couple of weeks, it'd be nine years. Um, I was fortunate enough to marry a beautiful woman who herself was divorced um, and who, who dealt with a, a really ugly divorce, but we were able to come together. And by the way, uh, in the beginning of my book, Divorced But Still Dad, she actually wrote the foreword to women it, it, to say, hey, if you're dating a man who's divorced, these are the red flags. So she wrote that to kind of give them some red flags. But but I, I bring her up because the, the thing that she has really helped me understand is to be a really great dad, to be a really great father, It's not a solo kind of a proposition. You need the help of a good woman. You need the help of a a good spouse, a good mate. Um, We don't operate by ourselves and become great by ourselves. We operate by iron sharpening iron. Some days I get it right. Some days I don't. And when I don't, I need someone who cares enough to say, you know what, you probably should have done that differently. And so the thing that I would just remind everyone is none of us become great by ourselves, but it takes others in our lives who care enough about us to help make us better every day.
1: There you go. And you alluded to something earlier too. We need to make better choices on who we mate with. And and also realize that sometimes the choices of who we think is good for us to mate with is because we didn't have a father or maybe we didn't have a mother in the home or different issues that complicate those. Because uh, I guess we try and replicate our relationships that we learned from our parents, that was imprinted yeah. and inspired parents. And so we try and replicate those, those uh, and resolve uh, those mm-hmm. issues of some of those parenting. But you know, a lot of times you can't resolve it because you know, like I, I love my parents and they were great parents, but they shouldn't. They had no business being together. Uh, <laughs> I remember, I remember when our mom called us and and said, and, and we'd all left the home by that point. They stuck it out, God bless them, and uh, they called us up and they said, "Hey, you know, we've decided after twenty plus years or whatever, we're getting divorced." And we're like, "Oh, we're finally glad you guys came around to it." <laughs> And they were like, they're like, what are you upset? I'm like, no, we've been waiting for this for like 10 years for you guys to catch up to us. You know? Um, Yeah. Yeah. We're we're on board. We're just, we just waiting for you guys to.
0: And you know what? Thank you for bringing that up because that brings up a really good point. All those people out there who are in a failed marriage, but you're staying there for the kids. You Mm -hmm. act like you're doing the kids a favor, but your kids know that you need to get out. Mm -hmm. My children tell me all the time now, dad, I've never seen you this happy dad. I'm so glad that you got the divorce because now you are a wonderful person. Now you're happier, whatever. Don't stay for the kids because trust me, the kids see that you need to get out.
1: Yeah. Seeing seeing a man demoralized, walked on, disrespected, yeah. not being able to set boundaries is a is is a bad relationship. Um there there's some people in this life, both men and women that are just toxic. They're broken. They haven't Absolutely. resolved their issues, they haven't spent the twenty years in, in uh in the psychiatry office to do the hard work. Yep. And uh, you know, so choosing better and being better is good. Uh thank you very much, Kent, for coming on the show. Let's get a plug for your dot com and your books, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can find me and my books
0: at dadsoffaith.com. D-A-D-S-O-F-F-A-I-T-H.com. That's where you will find Divorce But Still Dad. That's where you will find the love of a father. That's where you will find Pancake Dad. That's where you will find uh, Ice Cream Dad. Uh, and that's where you will find bad dogs. Uh so those are my five books. Uh, I'm in the I I'm in the midst of of adding to the children's series. I call it the engaged kids children series. Pancake Dad and Ice Cream Dad are the first two books. The next one coming out is um Pizza Dad and then after that one Date okay. Night Dad. So just stay tuned. We continue to put more books out there. Uh but we appreciate your support dadsoffaith.com.
1: There you go. The Pizza Dad. That sounds like a guaranteed winner there. Maybe, maybe Taco Tuesday, Can't wait Dad. to tell you
0: about that one.
1: There you go. Taco Tuesday, Dad. That's what Here you I mean. go. <laughs> can't can't lose with pizza and tacos, man. <laughs> Cannot That's at right. all. You're right. If you ever meet somebody who doesn't like pizza and tacos, like you Well, ice cream. Or ice cream. There you go. Pancakes. <laughs> I mean, why hate pancakes? What, what do pancakes do to you? Exactly. Uh, so there you go. A wonderful discussion, Ken. Thank you very much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I, I truly enjoyed it. There you go. And thanks, amount for tuning in. We've truly enjoyed having you as well. Hopefully you learned something today and educated yourself and made your life better. And if you didn't, damn it, go read listen to the show already. <laughs> uh, go to Goodreads.com, for Chris Foss, YouTube.com, Fortress Chris Foss, LinkedIn.com, Trust Chris Foss, and TikTok.com, for Chris Foss 1. Thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe, and we'll see you guys next time. And that should...